G'day listeners, this episode is proudly brought to you by our major sponsor, subshq.com.au. Use code BENS15 at checkout to receive 15% off on your next purchase. What is going on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this episode from? Thank you for joining another episode of the Matter Mentality Podcast. We are back with another week. Uh, it is the end of the week. I am behind, but I am pumping these out as best I can, getting these done at this point in prep and trying to make sure that we are keeping up to date. Now, last week was a pretty big week. We got into a few pretty heavy topics. Uh, by the time this comes out, hopefully those have been posted and we're trying to keep you guys all informed and keeping the content flying. So uh, yeah, last week, by the time you're watching this, was pretty heavy on things like balance and uh, we dove into further parts about psychology and uh, education and community, how we explore those um, as a business, as a team. And then we got into a bit of an update for our clients and our prep. So hopefully you got a bit out of that when it comes to the whole balance concept and really understanding that a bit more, because again, I think it's a bit of bullshit and I think it's misappropriated, misinterpreted and misutilized by a lot of people. Now, what next? What are we talking about this week? Well, this week is another pretty heavy topic of mine that I think is again, misunderstood or misdiscussed. It is wrongfully applied, or I want to say it is talked down to, it is kind of a pass a phrase for people to describe those who want to get things done. And that is obsession. Now obsession for anyone that does know me or has talked about things with me before would know it's a pretty heavy part of my life and things that I do. I do, but three or four things and I do them pretty monotonously. I do them pretty obsessively. I do them pretty fixatedly. The thing is it's, it's, I, th- I think used incorrectly in the way that we talk about people who are getting after and people are getting things done and will describe obsession as if it's it's immediately detrimental. When it's used in context and tone and description, it's kind of like the, the conversational piece is used to, I don't want to say debilitate, but it's used to degrade the person who is doing it. It's a very negative connotation of the conversation. Someone is obsessive, they're fixated, they've got a problem, they're doing too much, they're doing this too often, but it removes the context in which that person is obsessed. Now, to me, there can be very much a big difference between obsessed, uh, uh, a positive or constructive obsession and a net negative or detrimental obsession. Once it becomes detrimental to your life in the sense of the life you want to live, then I would believe and I would argue that it starts to become a negative obsession. However, if you are someone that is, let's say, trying to become an elite athlete, you will do nothing but act like an elite athlete. You will live like an elite athlete. You will eat, train, sleep, work, recover, think, feel, relax as an elite athlete. Now, if you take a general person from the populace and remove them from that bell curve and put them into your sample population, that being an obsessed mindset around a sport or an elite outcome, they will un- they will see that as being obsessive. They will use the terminology as if it's too much, but too much to who? We need to be asking these questions when we use these terminologies and we use these conversations. You want to talk down to people or talk down about these concepts. And again, Nietzsche talks about it when he discusses the herd and those who step out of it are often ridiculed by the masses in terms of to try and limit and pull them back into safety. The, the one trying, the one doing is always going to be the one ridiculed more often than the one not. That's fair enough. We understand that. But even in the sense where we use obsession as a, a almost like a shame terminology, it's wrong. Because obsession, in a way, is what's led to some of the greatest endeavors, the greatest results, the greatest progressions, some of the greatest outcomes the world's ever seen. The people that got the things done were obsessed about that outcome. 
whether that be Edison, whether that be Tesla, whether that be Musk, whether that be Peterson, whether it be Michael Jordan, whether it be any of your favorite elite athletes, whether it be Steve Jobs, these people were obsessed about the outcome they were trying to find. Because if they weren't, they didn't have the time frame in life to not get to, to get it done. We have to look at the fact that there is only a, an insurmountable amount of time that we have in the grand scheme of what is happening. And when we look at the the longitudinal direction of time, we look at it across a time scale, there isn't much that we're here. 80 years of what has been 14 point something, well, 14.3 billion years or 13.6 billion years. We have 80 years of that. To, to put that into perspective and understand why people are so obsessed about the outcomes they're trying to get, because they know. And once you grasp this and once you really take this in, you, you like comprehend the fact that there is only so much time here to get things done. And if there's only going to be so much time to make these things happen, then you need to dedicate and deliberately expose yourself to the time to get those things done or it won't happen. And that's where excelling comes into it is where people start to excel and people start to take off and separate themselves from the masses because they're willing to be obsessed on a few things. They don't need to go out and do 20 different things, experience all these different things in life that people say are necessary experiences. You have to go out and do that. You have to relax and have social life and have these relationships and you have to go out and party and drink and have a few drinks and relax and do all these things. The, the ones who make it, the ones who succeed, the, one who, who, the ones who have reached pinnacles within their field to any normal belt under the bell curve population would look obsessive. So whom do we define a negative terminology of obsessive, of obsessive by? Is it by the general person who doesn't want to do those things or simply isn't capable of doing those things? Is it by the person that is actually engaging in the activity? Because if you would ask them, they probably would deny that they're obsessive, but instead they would say that they were fixated on the outcome or they were, they were, they were infatuated with getting results or achieving something or doing that particular thing, building that certain product getting that certain physical appearance, getting that certain uh, physical result, tangible outcome. Those people are not going to say they're obsessed and use obsession in a way that's net negative. They would use obsession in a way that says, this got me from A to B faster than what if I wasn't. I, I've toyed around with trying to terminize to create a terminology or framework for this concept as we call it the funnel of mastery. The, the more you can narrow in and fixate your time to a singular or almost singular point the more specific and the more skilled and the more mastered you can get at that particular topic that's just how life works those who want to be great at many things will only be good you can't be better than good if you're doing everything at once and trying to do all these different things and nail all of these different skill sets in a life that is only 80 years long and we're still discovering sciences concepts fields psychology itself is barely 100 years old with actual study and research so how can we master everything and expect to be great at everything if we aren't fixating in on one particular thing? That's why scientists, when people, are, when people criticize doctors without any sort of background or history are so misaligned or misunderstanding of just how much goes into becoming a doctor or getting a doctorate. It's not a two-step process you can do online in a, in a six-day course. It's not something you can just make happen out of thin air. There's 12, 15, 20 years of dedicated time, research, education, upskilling, studying to make that outcome happen. And it takes a degree of obsession. Like you, you don't get to party every single night, go out and play sport every weekend, go to the gym every single day, see friends and family, have relationships, make large amounts of money until those things are done. So you get a choice. You make that choice. You choose your poison. And that's something that I think a lot of people fail to comprehend is that when we talk about obsession, especially in a negative connotation, we're misunderstanding the power that obsession actually has. 
there is a very big difference between an obsession with something like uh, drugs or, or laziness or recreational activity and obsession with a productive outcome. If you are obsessed, if you are infatuated, if you are nothing but desiring the, the outcome that you are trying to achieve, you are going to surpass the person who doesn't want it that badly. It's just, it's inevitable to happen. And at the worst case scenario that you don't surpass them is purely going to be because there was something outside of your control that you couldn't do it versus the person who might do it you know, on a weekend and they might do it every other day and they might do a few hours here or there on a Tuesday. Those people aren't getting it. They aren't going to get there. And by the time they do get there, logically, if we look again at the funnel of mastery, your skill set has exponentially increased so much more that you're now beyond the scope that that person was even trying to achieve when you thought you're in the same race. You're not in the same race. It's like when like the easiest way that I could almost comprehend it is, is when you see like a long distance endurance runner uh, or endurance race where we have the same race being run by different levels of people. And like, there are the pros who are going through it at a certain pace and they know that they're going for the, the win or the title, or the points or however that, that system works. They need to have the amateurs and the fun runners who are just simply going through it. Now they're going to cross the line. Eventually they're going to get to the end that they're, they're logically they're going to finish that marathon but they're not going to do it in the time frame that someone else has already done it. They're not going to do it in the time frame that those elite runners and those fixated athletes are, are going to do, are going to do it in. And that's okay. But the outcome is very different. The input is very different. The reasoning is very different. And we need to comprehend that when we're talking about things like obsession, because it frustrates me when we use these terms as a derogatory statement regarding someone's desire to achieve something or have something or build something. You know, it's, it's always the, uh, obsessed ones that are then the ones that go back and, and look at what it was that they gave up to get where they are and say it was worth it. I enjoyed it. I was glad I did this. Would I trade? You know, maybe they, they would trade some things in or do things a little bit differently. Steve Jobs definitely wouldn't. When you look at what Steve Jobs built, when you look at what Phil Knight built at Nike, when you look at all of these things, Pixar, when you look at these people and you look at how they've built business, you look at how they've changed enterprise and they've constructed products built or change the way that lives exist. You can't say that obsession was a negative outcome when the global impact that it has as a business and as a product and as a service was so much bigger than the person themselves. How can we argue that that obsession is wrong or dangerous or bad? Sure, it meant they may have had, excuse me, unhappier relationships or less relationships or less friends or, but who is to say that that's right or wrong? Who is to say that that's not the way it's supposed to be? If they have done something they feel is bigger than themselves and the purpose of their existence is so much bigger than what they are here for in regards to the general person, then that obsession is worth it. Who is to define that the obsession wasn't worth it? Who's to say the obsession was bad? Now, are they obsessed about video games or pornography or lazing around the house, watching movies and doing nothing with their life? Okay, fair enough. That's an obsession you would want to overcome. It'd be more towards an inc inclination of addiction. But if the obsession is leading things to building Apple, building Google, building Facebook, building Tesla, SpaceX, building the greatest basketballer of all time, building the greatest rugby league player of all time, the greatest soccer player of all time. If those obsessions are resulting in those outcomes, and they're improving lives, motivating people, inspiring people, changing the way we view life. Then how can we look at obsession and say that this word is, or this is a, a negative outcome or a negative occurrence or a negative experience. The ones who can focus on very few things and do them really well tend to be the ones who get very, very, very far in life because they are able to cultivate a skill set that no one else has because they're willing to give up all of the things that they don't want to give up. 
It's a very, very simple trade-off and it's a concept that we'll go into in another episode, possibly this week. But you like it, it blows my mind when we can't comprehend just how powerful obsession actually can be. In, in almost any field, positive or, or constructive obsession leads to a better outcome. If you're obsessed about study, even if you don't get high distinctions or high graduation marks, if you're obsessed with study, the worst case scenario is that you get better at study. You get better at knowledge, you get better at critical thinking, you know more. If you're obsessed with training, the worst thing that comes from that is that you are physically better. You are physically improving. You are growing, progressing. The body's getting better. You're recovering harder. You're probably eating better. You're probably better with the time management, better with your sleep, better with your recovery. If you are someone who's obsessed with their business, you are going to probably build a business greater than other people are capable of in that same field because they're doing it only part-time or they're doing it half ass or they're doing it only on Monday to Friday. They're not doing it on weekends. You're willing to do that work. They aren't. It's inevitable that it has to yield some form of result that the other businesses in your field may not be achieving because when it's Friday, it's knockoff time. And when it's Monday, it's drinks. And when it's Tuesday, it's pub lunches. And when it's Friday morning, it's a half day. The obsessed business, the Phil Knights of Nike, Blue Ribbon, the Steve Jobs and the Wozniaks, of Apple and Pixar are going to change the way things are done because they just simply don't stop. And all you have to do to equate that is look at the expansion and the exponential growth of skill and experience that that person can then put into a time frame of, of one life. If you're someone who only wants to work 40 hours a week, whether that be on your own business or someone or someone else's or just a job, if you're only working 40 hours a week and someone else is willing to work every day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. That exponential difference leads to a faster acquisition of skill set and experience. They've learned what's wrong faster. They've learned what works faster. They've learned what will fail faster. They've experienced all of these things and can narrow in further on what gets the result. So though you may work both the same years or five years or 10 years, or though you may both, both work at the same two year time frame, in that two years, one person's committed almost five years of, of, of time comparatively to the person who's only doing 40 hours a week. Now that person can take that skill set and expand that again. And now they've learned what, what it was taking someone 10 years to learn in three or four, and they can expand that again. And all of a sudden the, the mastery and the funnel itself starts to hourglass because what narrowed into a single point is now opening up so many different categories to them because they were willing to obsess and fixate over very few things and get really good at them. So in these instances where these people are changing industry and changing fields and changing entire organizations and the way things are operated and op the way things are done, how can we say obsession is bad? How can we say, how can we say obsession is bad when we have elite athletes that we idolize and put on pedestals and praise the living hell out of every single week in a multitude of different sports? Every sport has a goat that someone is literally fixated on. That degree of skill took obsession. If you pull all those athletes apart, you pull all those athletes and take them into conversations, isolate them and talk to them as a group, you'll get the same answers. Though the skill sets are different, the talents are different, you will get relatively the same underlying answers and principles that will apply to how they got that good. So how can we say that obsession in the right context is bad, is a bad thing? It can't be. 
It can be bad in the wrong context. It can be bad in the wrong application. It can have a bad application. It can have a bad diagnosis, if you will. But that has to be very personally dependent based on like, specific outcomes or situations. But if the 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 outcome is something that yields such positive results, every how many people use touch screens? How many people used iPhones going through the early 2000s? How many people now use touch phones? How many people use music and media players completely different to what we did 30 years ago? How many people have a PC or laptop or a phone with that much technology in their household comparatively to where we were 30 years ago? These things all were a consequence or a result of obsession and fixation that someone had for a prolonged period of time against the grain of what was normal and what was already there. And that yielded us with advancements in technology, living standards, experiences, which then again exacerbated that project uh, progression even further because now we can expand technology and results and science and, and further obsession out of that person's work. So to me, the question just remains then, how can obsession be looked at as a bad thing if given the right context? It's more so to me, I find that's laughable is people use obsession as a derogatory terminology in place of the fact that they're insecure about the thing they don't want to do the work in. So you may not want to train five, six days a week and diet year round and stick to your macros and stick to your calories. You may not want to work on your business seven days a week and focus on things that the little money details that will make the business grow in years to come. You may not be able to do that. That doesn't mean that someone that is doing that is wrong or, or obsessed in the term in the way in which you, you want to use that word. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they've got their life priorities wrong to them and the life they're living and what they're trying to achieve. Obsession makes sense. And being obsessed is going to yield a faster result and a better result. So how can we look at it as being wrong? Anyway, guys, that is kind of where I will pull the pin on that because I will ramble on that forever and I probably should, but I will get more to that uh, in coming episodes. Expanding a little bit there about uh, about balance um, coming from the week's episode um, just gone. So hopefully you've kind of see how I view that. Again, I'm not to say that my, my perspective is the only perspective or that I'm always right, but it's more so another side of the conversation that I feel like isn't had enough by people, especially at the earlier stages of trying to become fixated, obsessed of trying to get a specific outcome, trying to build a physique, trying to be on the bodybuilding stage in a sport, in an industry, in a craft, whatever it is. These are the early conversations that people have to have. Are you willing to be obsessed? Are you willing to get fixated on a singular point? Are you willing to look at that end goal and be, I'm, that's where I'm going. Nothing else matters for the next 10 years because that's what these people did that we talk about all the time. These people that we idolize, that's how they viewed it. And that's how they got there. So that's where the question has to go. And for me, that's a, an easy question, but apparently I'm not normal and I'm not under the bell curve, if you will, in these regards. So it's worth the, the conversation to look at the other side of the coin and say, hey, you know, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean it's wrong. People who may say like, you know, you'll have friends and family that say you're, you're obsessed and you have, you, you're too obsessed with that. You need to do other things. Taking advice from people not doing the thing or not trying to do the thing that you're trying to achieve doesn't make much sense to me. As long as you are not hurting yourself and hurting others, as long as the result is productive and constructive and the outcome is towards the thing you're trying to achieve, then become obsessed. It is the only way you're going to get where you're trying to go in the time frame of which you need to achieve it. Anyway, guys, that is all from me. And hopefully you guys have a fantastic week and this episode gets up sooner than later. Remember, coaching spots are still available. If you have any questions, please reach out, subscribe, like, follow, find us on Instagram, all that jazz. We are around and we will get back to you. All right, guys, catch you in the next one. Bye.